All right, hey, hey, Sarah here. Welcome back with another episode of Your Fucking Welcome. Today, and actually the next episode as well, we are diving into all things that have to do with transitioning, pivoting, switching gears in your business, however you want to say that. It's a big, big, big topic. And I think that obviously coming off of the year 2020, right, where so many businesses had no other choice but to shift gears and make money in a different way, pivoting has been a pretty big, pretty popular topic. And I almost hesitate to use that word because I feel like it was so overused. But despite COVID, right, like let's pretend that never happened, which, which we all want to. If we were to take that out of the equation for a moment, I still think that shifting gears, doing things differently, letting things go in your business can be such a scary thing. It can be something that really tests your trust in yourself. It tests your certainty in your skills, all of that. And I know from experience in my own business and just my experience with clients, how dramatic of a thing this can wind up being for so many. And so let alone if we are throwing, you know, a situation like a global pandemic on top of it where maybe you have no choice but to shift gears or you had no choice but to, you know, start making money in a different way. It again is such a big, loaded, heavy, complicated topic and can test our emotions and our fear in such a really, really, really deep way. And so I wrote up a list of things that I wanted to say to you about this. And it's a, it's a significant list and I, and I feel like I'll probably wind up adding more to it as I talk. And so again, I'm breaking this up into two episodes so that they're not too, too long. But my hope and my goal is that, let's say you don't need this episode right now. Let's just say, save it. Please do me a favor and save it or like just like make a mental note to come back to it because... What I want you to know and understand is that there is no happily ever after. And I know that I've said that many times before, but, and I might sound like a Debbie Downer when I say that, so forgive me for that. But I think that I've seen myself do this many times. And again, I've seen so many clients do this where they are striving for this peak, they're striving for this destination where they have it all figured out. And then when I figure this thing out, when I get my launches right, when I, you know, do X, Y, Z, then from that point forward, it's going to be all figured out and it's going to be smooth sailing. And then I'll know what I'm doing. And, you know, then everything will flow. And as much as I would like to sit there and promise you that that's going to happen someday, I'm 99% sure that for 99% of you, that's never going to be the case. And so my point is, is that there are going to be transitions no matter what in your business. If you're planning on doing this for the long haul, you're going to deal with rocky roads and ups and downs for the long haul. And I've gotten a lot better at just embracing that. I've gotten a lot better at not trying to strive for perfection or again, that happily ever after, and just kind of coming to understand that this is what I signed up for, right? It's chaotic. It's, it's up and down. It's going to test my limits over and over again. And the more that I can accept that versus fighting it, um, the smoother, more quickly I can move through those things. And so again, my point in saying that is that I want you to understand that it's more than likely that you are in your business going to have moments where 
everything feels like it's falling apart or you feel so sick and tired of doing things the way that you're doing them and you don't know how to move forward with confidence and you don't know how to shift gears because you're so afraid to fuck up what you've created, that's going to happen for each and every one of you. I'm fairly positive, right? And so again, my point is, is I want you to hold on to this episode. Like I said, make a mental note because you're gonna need to and want to come back to it at some point. And the things that I've put together, the list of things, it's not like a, you know, three mistakes to avoid. It's, it's kind of just a bunch of random points here, but it's really the most important things that I want you to know as somebody who has experienced, you know, shifts in my business and, and as somebody who has not always elegantly, you know, moved through them, there was a lot more drama and there was a lot more chaos and there needed to be many times. And I see so clearly looking back on those times that God, I made it so much fucking harder than it had to be. And so again, just like with everything else, my goal and my intention is for you to move through the chaos and the heaviness and the static as quickly as possible and hopefully a little bit more quickly than I did because I went through it before you and I get to kind of relay the the messages and relay the lessons to you, right? And again, give you the, the knowledge and the information so that you can move through more quickly. And so the first thing that I wanna say and perhaps one of the most important things that you could possibly understand when it comes to you, your business, and, and this applies to a lot of different things, like in terms of how, like how it shows up in your business. But what I want you to first and foremost understand is that you are the magic, okay? That sounds corny, I know it does, but you are the magic. What I see over and over again, and again, this is in my business and I see this in other people's business businesses, is that they'll start doing something, they'll start making money from that something, and then they have put all their hope and faith and belief in the something rather than the fact that they were the person who implemented the something, right? Rather than the fact that like they're the one who actually did the things in the first place. And so an example of that is like I have shared with you many times before, especially over the past couple of years, we have, my company has made most of our money in my Facebook group right? My Facebook group has been the place that I like to show up. It's the place that I sell. It's the place that most of my people come from, right? The people who pay me, they have come from my Facebook group. And so it can be a natural thing for me to feel as though, oh God, if my Facebook group were to get shut down tomorrow, it would all fall apart. Or, you know, okay, the magic is in the Facebook group. I can't replicate that on Instagram or I can't do those things somewhere else. And I've known this for a while, although it still tests me on different levels about different things, but I know very, 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 very clearly that it was never about the motherfucking Facebook group. It was never about the Facebook group itself. It was about the energy with which I showed up in that Facebook group, the consistency, the things that I said, the things that I did. It was never about the group itself, right? And so that means that my goal is to understand that it's my job to have that core confidence, to have the core certainty that if I was secure, quote unquote, with this Facebook group making me money, if I am certain and confident, if I have that core certainty and confidence, I can take what I did, I can take my own magic and I can replicate that 
wherever the fuck I want to and however the fuck I want to, because again, it was never about the Facebook group itself, right? And so I know that that might sound maybe like an obvious point to some of you or, or kind of maybe a little bit silly when it comes to like, of course the magic wasn't in the Facebook group itself, but I hope you're hearing me when I say that so many people put the faith and the belief in how they've done things instead of under understanding and truly embracing the fact that they were the person who did that something, right? They were the person that created the sales. They were the person that created the results. And so they can take themselves and show up differently in this way or show up on a different platform or start selling a different way, right? And they have everything within them to make the money and get the same results. But of course, naturally, there can be that fear, there can be that wonkiness. Now this feels unfamiliar, now this feels comfortable. I don't have the same type of faith and belief in this new way of doing things as I did the last thing. And that's not abnormal, right? Again, it's not abnormal and it's not like unnatural or, or again, it's like you're, you're, not, you're not abnormal for feeling that sense of uncertainty, right? You can be uncomfortable. But it's your job, especially the, the more you go in your business to understand that again, the magic was always in you and it wasn't in the way of doing your way of doing things. Another example of this, and I deal with this a lot with clients is I'll have a lot of clients come to me who maybe they're selling, they're doing a lot of like one-on-one -on -one type of services. They're doing high-end things and they're selling them a lot of times through things like sales calls or referrals, right? And so maybe they might say, oh, well, now I want to stop doing the sales calls, or maybe I want to now start running Facebook ads, just as examples. And all of a sudden, they act as though it's a completely different animal. They act as though they are in complete fear around what might come if they don't do the sales calls. Or again, if they're not getting those, they're not selling the high ticket things and now we're doing it in a different way, like not sales calls and with Facebook ads, again, as an example. And what, again, I want you to understand about this is that if you were showing up on a sales call and you know you were selling successfully, people were converting into customers, right? People wanted what you had to offer. It wasn't about the sales call. How were you connecting to those people in the sales calls? What were you saying that got them to move? What were they really feeling and embracing that made them say, yes, this is the offer for me? Because you can take that same language and you can take that same energy and you can take that same magic and throw it on a sales page or put it in your emails. It doesn't have to be so different. Just because it's the tangible thing, you know, again, sales calls versus let's say we're emailing our entire list, right? Just because it is a different format, if you will, it doesn't mean you can't still bring the same magic and the same energy to the new thing just because it's unfamiliar, just because you haven't done it before, right? What I want for each and every one of you, if I could, I know that I say this often, but I, but I really mean it with so much of the things, so many of the things that I'm saying to you in this podcast is like, if I could gift you this feeling, I would. And that is that I want you to know and understand that if everything were to burn down tomorrow, like meaning like however you've been making money, you lost all your programs or you lost your email list or, or whatever it was, right? I want you to have enough confidence that you could burn it all down tomorrow and know that you could pick right back up 
whenever you wanted to without any loss or without any struggle, without any, you know, like downward spiraling of momentum, if you will, right? That doesn't, that's not required. It's not required. So again, I see so many people not fully get this because they're in unfamiliar or uncomfortable territory for a moment. But I just feel like in retrospect for myself and also when I speak to clients, so much of that is just so made up because they're doing so often the same thing. And again, they're bringing the same magic to it. They're just doing it in a slightly different way. And what I want for you is to, again, embody that core confidence in terms of like, I know who I am, I know what I do, and I have the confidence and the, again, certainty in myself that if I were to switch it up a little bit, if I were to change gears, it doesn't matter because I'm still me and I still bring so fucking much to the table that I'm not going to hurt anything. I'm not going to break anything, right? I want you to understand that your business and more specifically your success in business is not glass, right? It's not that fucking fragile. You can't break it that easily, right? You can't make one teeny tiny decision that is not even like that significant in the first place. And it can go ahead and again, break everything that you've ever done. And I, and I get it. So it's not a criticism. I just see so many people with minor decisions to make feeling as though those minor decisions could destroy everything. And so again, I want you to understand here that the good news is that your business is not that fragile. Your success is not that fragile. It will not break that easily, right? And so I want you to understand here that like your job is to know and believe and trust that the, the magic, right? The magic that is within you and that magic is what's created the results that, that you've had in the past. And so therefore you can replicate that and you can apply them to a different format, to a different thing and recreate the same magic without feeling as though there has to be this huge gap and there has to be this big struggle in the middle because it doesn't have to be that way. Okay. The second thing that I want to say is I want you to make sure that you are not being the uh, creepy frat boy. I've used this example before. And what I mean by this is I was in a sorority in college and I went to lots and lots and lots of frat parties. Um, and I remember like so specifically when you would see the guys who had graduated from like two, three, four years ago, right? Coming back to the frat parties. And it was so clear that they had outgrown what was going on, right? They had outgrown the fraternity, the college lifestyle, but they were refusing to let it go. They were refusing to move on with their lives, right? And so I don't want you to be the person who has outgrown what they've done and then is staying in a place that is no longer as big as you need it to be. Right. I think of like a fish, like, like needing a bigger, needing a bigger bowl, whatever it is. Right. Sometimes, a lot of times in our businesses, we can do something and it can make us a lot of money and it can feel really, really, really good for a while. But then there comes a point where it no longer feels the same way. It no longer lights us up. And I feel like this is going to be one of my other points and I'll probably go deeper into it, but I feel like I see so many people when these things happen, they feel guilt. 
they feel as though it's not okay for them to admit that they're no longer enjoying what they're doing. They feel as though they're turning their back on people or they feel as though, again, they're, they're hurting their audience in some way. And I always want to be so, so, so clear here that I'm not, of course, I think this is so obvious, but let me just say it for, for my conscience. I would never in a million years, let's say, sell a mastermind, right? Have people pay me for the mastermind for a six month mastermind, for example. And then in month one, eh, I don't feel like doing this anymore. See you later, right? Of course not, right? Like I will honor and make sure that everybody has received what they were promised and what they paid for, right? But that's not the same thing as, okay, let's say you have, I don't know, a podcast where you're not selling anything anyway, or you're not making money off of it, but you have a bunch of devoted, you know, listeners, but again, you're not enjoying it. You're not making money from it. It's making you miserable. It's costing you money, right? And then people will, you know, feel guilty as if they shouldn't let those people down or they shouldn't, you know, again, move away or, or hurt those people potentially. And if somebody hasn't paid you especially, right? We can appreciate our followers. We can, you know, really like, again, be grateful for the people who have followed us and supported us in, you know, when it comes to, again, listening and things like that. But if somebody is not paying us, right, or if somebody's not owed something that, th that they were promised, right, they paid for something and they're owed it, if that's not the case, we can't stick around for that reason, right? I hope you're hearing me here that we can't stick around for things that are not necessarily benefiting us. And this is a weird thing to say or to try to explain because I think that it can come off as more cold or more callous or, you know, basically be mis misunderstood. But at the end of the day, like you have to be selfish when it comes to your business, period. You're not in business to just help people or you're not in business to make others happier than you're making yourself, right? You are in business to yes, be fulfilled and yes, to help be people, but it's also to make money, right? And so if you are at the point where you're no longer enjoying what you're doing and you're, no, you're not making money from it, you don't really owe anybody anything, right? And so I want you to really like embrace that a bit because again, I feel like I see so many people stay in places or stay in situations that they have outgrown or that they're so eager to move on from, but they're holding on to reasons that aren't necessarily good reasons. And I don't mean that they're not good reasons because I think if you have, if you don't want to let your, again, your loyal listeners down, the people who are listening to your podcast every week, for example, that's a beautiful, wonderful trait. But again, if you are not fulfilled by the work that you're doing on that podcast, if you are not getting paid from that podcast, right, you have to honor yourself, especially first in that situation versus putting how other people feel ahead of how you feel, right? And so again, I want to reiterate this just so I'm massively clear. I'm not sitting here again talking about, you know, not honoring what you promised people, right? And especially that is certainly the case with if somebody has paid you. Right. And again, I, I feel like that so goes without saying, but I just want to be clear in case you're new to me. But like, of course, you deliver on what you promised. 
but balanced out with you have to honor yourself first. I always uh, reference when, uh, if you've ever seen, what was the movie? The Other Woman with Cameron Diaz and um, Nicki Minaj plays like a small part, but she says to Cameron Diaz, she's like, selfish people live longer. And she just says it like slowly like that. And like, what I want you to understand here is that as a business owner, let alone as like a solopreneur, which I know many of you are, you have to put your needs and your desires first in that way, right? And everything in my experience, in my opinion, falls in line positively from there. Because if I'm enjoying what I'm doing, I'm delivering better content to you. I'm selling you better programs. If I'm in a good place, I'm in a position to put you in a better place, right? And so I really want you to understand here that as hard as this can be to wrap your brain around sometimes in, in relationships, in business, all of it, right? Is that if you keep accepting what you don't want, it's not shocking that you're gonna continue getting what you don't want, right? If you are unhappy with something, right, in any aspect of your life, for the most part, it is your job to pump the brakes and to, I don't, want, I don't like the word demand, but I guess command is a better word. It's your job to command a different outcome. It's your job to make sure that you are setting yourself up for a different experience, right? And so if we're talking about business here, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, but you continue to do what you're not enjoying, at a certain point, you have to recognize that you're the only one in control here. And I don't say that in a blamey way. I say that and like, I think it's such a beautiful understanding when you get to that point, because you're like, oh, I'm the only one keeping me here. And therefore I, I'm the person who has the control, the power to change this thing. I'm the, I have the power to decide how I want things to be and then to pursue it, right? Nobody else is keeping me stuck as much as I'm keeping myself stuck. And again, what a freeing feeling that can be. Um, another pop culture reference, if you will, here, I wrote down as I was writing my notes for this, but one quote that I'll always use with clients is, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is a show that I really love. And, um, Lillian says to Kimmy, she was like, Kimmy, the sooner you quit something that stinks, the sooner you can find something that doesn't. And I just really want you to embrace this because again, if you are allowing, right? If you are allowing in your life a circumstance that is not what you want it to be, right? It really is blocking you and it's not allowing you to get the thing that you want. And so the sooner you can embrace that in every micro piece of your life and business, the better, right? I often say it to clients when it comes to, you know, maybe it's how you're outsourcing or, or whatever it is. It's like, if you are unhappy with the situation as a whole, it can be so confusing or can feel, feel so overwhelming to like, how do I deal with this? Or how do I change this? How do I fix this? And my biggest suggestion is like, when you're noticing something that feels heavy, I want you to just like make a conscious effort to like, essentially like, like journal or like keep almost minutes on your day. And like with a fine tooth comb, go through line by line, bit by bit, what is no longer serving you and what no longer feels good. And what's, you know, like you can tell, like, what is that thing that is triggering you or bringing up anxiety or, you know, all of a sudden you're feeling uncomfortable. And, and what was that thing that like that triggered that, right? 
with a fine tooth comb go through your day, right? Pay attention. Sometimes I'll even say to set a timer for every hour, because I think sometimes like if we're looking at things on such a micro and consistent level, that's how we actually get to see like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is what felt heavy. And this is what triggered me into having and feeling really drained that day. And let me look at that further. And then we look at the kind of the micro elements of what gets to shift here, right? And so my point is, and why I'm bringing this up in point two, is that sometimes what I see happen is that let's say, you are not enjoying, again, your podcast, right? Let, let, let's use the example that I was using just earlier. You've been podcasting for a long time. You're, you don't have ads. You're not running ads on it. You're not making money. You're not selling anything. And you're just, you feel like it's all this work and it doesn't feel fun or good to you anymore. But, and so you want to move forward from it, right? And so again, I think you have the right to sit there and say, okay, I'm ready to move on. I've outgrown this. This is no longer serving me. I'm ready to move on balanced out with also looking at, but do I have to throw the whole thing in the trash? Or are there some things that I can shift in like a little way? Are there some dials and knobs and turns that I can, or dials and knobs that I can turn here and turn there? And with these little teeny tiny shifts, actually it could feel completely different because maybe the pivot there is, okay, well maybe you start selling. Maybe the pivot is you start doing interviews instead of solo shows because those feel really boring. Maybe it is to start pursuing some sponsorships, right? Maybe it's to go onto a paid podcast platform. We don't have to throw everything out. We don't have to burn everything down. Sometimes you, sometimes you can burn everything down. Burning everything down can be a really beautiful moment, but that's not always required. And so again, I want you to just understand here that like when something's heavy, the longer you allow it to be heavy, the longer it will stay heavy. And so I want you to understand here that you have the permission to again, move on when you feel as though something is no longer serving you, right? We're not going to be the frat boy at that party who was, it's time to move on with their lives, right? But you also get to, again, go through it on a micro level and sit there and say, okay, here's what feels good. Here's what doesn't, here's what is working. Here's what's not. And again, on this micro level, decide what gets to shift, right? Because again, the longer you stay stuck in what you don't want, the longer you're going to continue to get what you don't want. And so just kind of like we've talked about in the past couple episodes, the more you can trust yourself and the more that you can really pay attention to where your energy is coming from, the faster you can kind of move forward and make decisions that get you ultimately to where you want to be, right? So the third thing is that I want you to understand how important it is to pivot purposefully versus another reason versus fear or versus because you're looking for problems. So similarly to what I was just saying in terms of the podcast, right? What I think sometimes is that we feel as though something doesn't feel good. Something feels heavy. It's not feeling enjoyable anymore. However you want to say that. And again, like I said, we feel as though we have to throw everything out, change everything, go back to the drawing board, right? Whereas a little tiny shift here and there could radically change everything, could completely change the dynamic of it all. But because we're so frustrated or we're so drained or we're so burnt out or we're so exasperated from the situation, we don't allow ourselves to see that this doesn't have to be as dramatic or as big of a deal as, as we're making it, right? 
And so another example, another piece of this is that what I have found myself doing several times is I know that I said this in the last episode where I was like, I want to do, um, I definitely want to talk to you more about like what I discovered by finally taking the Enneagram, but I, I want to definitely have some Enneagram experts on it. And I keep going back and forth whether I want to do an episode about like what I kind of discovered. And because largely because I feel like it's like me talking about me and like, here's what I learned. And I want to make sure that I'm delivering it to you in a way that's really valuable to you. But at the same time, I feel like, holy shit, what I discovered about myself was like life changing. And so I feel like if there's, if there are points, if there are specific points that I learned, I feel like they could be really powerful and helpful to you. And so my point in saying that is one of the things that I discovered and is really clear to me now after taking it is that again, I'm a type six. And one of the big things, like a big trait when it comes to type sixes is that they are really great problem solvers, right? And I am a great fucking problem solver. There are a lot of positives that come with that, which is why I have the business that I do because I think in logic, I think in problems and solutions. It can also be a really negative trait sometimes where I can be somewhat of a contrarian, uh, where I'm always kind of like looking at like every angle of things, like there, there are negative traits to it. But my point is, is that again, I've known that I've done this, but in seeing the Enneagram, it made it even more clear is that because I'm so good at finding solutions, I often find myself trying to find problems where they don't actually exist. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at things to try to solve them where it sometimes is not a problem that actually has to be solved. And so what I mean by this is that I have felt, and I've seen clients do this as well, that they're so used to hustling. They're so used to, you know, the chaos, right? And I think this happens in a lot of relationships where if you're used to the high emotions, whatever it is, you go starting a fight or you go seeking problems because you're not just used to it being chill, right? I said this to a client not long ago. I was like, you keep saying you want flow, but you're not allowing flow because as soon as you have flow, you go looking for something different. You go changing things, right? And so again, my point is, is that I see a lot of people once they get to calm, once they get to flow, once they have things moving in a certain direction, they look at the calm and they think it's a problem instead of just like really embracing and appreciating the calm, right? And so I want you to make sure that you're not attempting to fix what is not broken. You are not deciding that all of a sudden you have to pivot because let's just say you feel as though you've been doing something for a long time now. Maybe it's still making money, but because you feel as though it's no longer fresh, you feel as though you need to go reinvent the wheel because this person is or that person is. And you're not allowing yourself to see that like, actually, I make money really easily with this thing. I want to be working less. I want things to be less stressful. So why don't I just embrace the fuck out of that instead of creating a problem where one doesn't exist, right? And so I want you to really kind of look at this here with yourself and your patterns and your history and your experience with all of this and pay attention to where you're essentially resisting, right? You're resisting 
having what you actually want. You're resisting the flow. And so, because again, I want you to make sure that if you are changing things in your business, if you are throwing things out, if you are doing things over again, you're doing them because it's actually intentional and strategic. Just like we talked about in the last episode, you're doing it because it's the loving thing to do for yourself versus you might be telling yourself that you're not working hard enough or whatever it is, right? Don't allow yourself to, again, go looking for problems where they don't exist or attempting to fix things that are not actually broken in the first place. Because I think most of you can agree with me that yes, we all want to make a lot of money, right? Like, of course, nobody's going to be mad about if I say, Hey, I'm going to make you a billionaire tomorrow. I don't think anyone's upset about that. But I think we all can agree that it's not the money that we're chasing as much as it is the freedom and the security and the peace. And so I want to make sure that you are not pivoting before the piece, right? You are not unintentionally pivoting right on the cusp of things being smooth sailing to the biggest degree that they possibly could be because you're so used to the chaos, right? I want you to embrace where again, you've worked hard and you're experiencing flow and I want you to let a good thing be good, okay? The fourth thing that I want to say I want you to understand that you are allowed to change your mind, okay? Now, again, type six, one of the things that I, I was gonna say I really struggle with, but I, I don't wanna say that anymore. It's something that I have struggled with in the past is that I change my mind constantly, right? And I have beat myself up about that for so many years. And, you know, I'm, I'm calling myself a flake or I'm, you know, sitting there saying that like, I don't have the confidence in trusting myself. And while I've known that that actually wasn't fully true, it still sometimes feels true because again, I can change my mind quite a bit. But again, especially in kind of taking the Enneagram and it confirming so many things to me is that again, I am a very analytical person. I look at every side of everything. And so I often have a hard time sticking to a decision because I see the pros and the cons of all of the decisions. I literally, like if I were to describe it to you, what I feel like goes on in my brain is that I feel like my brain is like a courtroom and I'm the fucking lawyer on both sides of the case, like arguing both sides of it, but like on everything I do. Like literally if I'm thinking about like, oh, should I wash my hair today? I'm literally sitting there saying, well, this, this, this. Well, here's why you shouldn't. It's like the devil and angel on like the, on like your shoulders, except they feel like both devils because in the sense that it like makes me uh, a little bit crazy sometimes. But it's also, again, a, such a strength because it's, I think it's such a big part of why I'm, I'm good at what I do, right? It's such a big part of why I don't have drama in my business. Like I make sure that I look at both sides of things, right? Like, so again, I feel like so many of these things that we're fighting so often, they're positive things also instead of just negative. And I think sometimes we have this tendency to gravitate towards the negative or to fight or make ourselves wrong for these things instead of embracing why they're actually superpowers in so many ways, right? And so my point is, is that I see so many people stuck in this place where they feel as though they can't change their minds. They can't, I don't want to say they can't go back on their word because I don't want you to go back on your word necessarily. But I see people obsessing over not going back on their word when it doesn't actually matter. So what I mean by this is let's just say 
as an example, you're selling something and you're like, I have, I'm selling a retreat right now. So this is the example that I'll use. If I'm selling a retreat and I'm saying that there are only five spots available, right? And let's just say nobody bought the retreat. I've been selling it for a week. Nobody has bought the retreat. And then I decide I want to have the the price be different or I want to have 10 people at the retreat, right? I will see people who recognize that, oh, I really want the 10 person retreat. I really want this, this price to go up, but I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to like be flaky. I don't want to look like I changed my mind. I don't want to look like I'm going back on my word. And again, yes, of course, we want to be as stable and as solid of human beings as possible. But the fact of the matter is, is that you didn't hurt anybody if you change your mind because nobody paid you anyway. If nobody bought the retreat, you're not hurting anybody by changing your mind in terms of how you want to do it moving forward. Like that's not like me selling something for a thousand dollars and people buying it and being like, oh, just kidding. The next day I'm going to make it a dollar and say, oh, sorry, I changed my mind. No, of course not. The whole thing is that we have to look at, did anybody get hurt in this situation? And so again, I will see people who they're so afraid to change their mind. They're so afraid to honor what they actually want because of how it might look from the outside or somebody's perception from the outside or whatever it is. And if you are in a situation where you have changed your mind or you have come to a moment where you see clearly that another alternative is the better way to go and you're not hurting anybody by changing your mind, by doing things differently, there is literally no reason in the world then to not honor the new way you want to go. There is no reason in the world to not honor what you actually desire for yourself and your business. Because again, it is not, I, I use that, you say this all the time and it sounds a little crude. So, well, not crude, that's dramatic. But I say this all the time, but like, it is like when I see people and I see this so often, I see people trying to in the newer stages of their business or like even like in, let's just say like I'm not new in business, but like this new angle of my podcast, right? It, it feels new to me. And I see so many people trying to figure things out, you know, well, what am I going to do? You know, I might change my mind in, you know, six years or I might want to do it this way or what happens when this, that, the other thing. And I'm always like, this is like you trying to stress out over what your favorite sex position is when you're a virgin. Like you do not know until you experience it, until you feel it. Once, until you've done something in your life or in your business, you can't possibly know how it's going to go or what you're going to like or what you're not going to like. And so this game that so many of us play with wanting to figure every little thing out until, you know, 60 years into the future, it's such a way in which that I feel like so many people get so tripped up and wind up wasting so much time and energy instead of allowing themselves to understand that A, you can, number one, change your mind, but number two, things are going to flow and evolve and isn't that what we're supposed to do, right? Like, again, I've made myself for sure so wrong so many times that I've changed my mind or changed my way of my, like my way of doing things in my business. Like so many moments have had, have happened where I'm like, Oh God, like I wish I had known, you know, now I knew then what I know now, but of course I fucking didn't. 
Of course I didn't. Like I'm, of course I'm not the same person that I was two years ago, nine years ago. Of course I know so much more now. And if I've learned more, if I'm different now, if I'm grown, if I've evolved from where I was years ago, of course my business decisions are changing with it. Of course I'm not doing things exactly the same way that the much more unexperienced version of me did, right? Of course. And so I want you to just embrace the fact that again, as long as you, as long as nobody is getting hurt, as long as you are honoring who paid you or you're honoring the people who you owe something to, you're allowed to change your mind and you don't have to feel guilty or wrong or flaky for that, right? My general rule about like everything for the most part is that only do something if you can own it, right? And so what I mean by that is like one, how I'll always say this to, you know, clients or people in my programs is that like, don't put out there something online, like don't post something online that if somebody were to, you know, disagree with you or give you pushback for it, you would kind of fall apart and be massively triggered and, and freak out because, oh my God, this person thought I was wrong. Not that you have to be certain about everything under the sun. Of course you, you don't have to be, and it's not your job to be. But I want you to not then put those things you're uncertain about online, right? Or, or again, like put them out there. I only want you to put things out there that if even if somebody were to push back, you could own your opinion. You're not going to be swayed just because somebody disagrees with you. You're not going to shut down just because somebody disagrees with you, right? And so again, the same thing with this is that like there are times when I say, when I've said that I'm going to do something. And then I might decide that I don't want to do it anymore. Or I might push back a deadline for something. And the thing is, is that I never get shit from my people because I own the fact that like, oh, I thought this, but now I changed my mind and here's what's happened. Or, you know, I'm, I decided I'm going to go on vacation. I didn't realize it. And so here's why we're doing this. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to be uncertain about it. Or I'm not trying to pull one over on you and hope you don't notice. When I own all parts of it, when I do things with certainty, right? Nobody really pushes back on that. And I really think it's the same thing for all things, right? If you are certain and clear on why you're doing what you're doing, if it's intentional and you feel good about your decisions, there's not a whole lot that can hurt you, right? When it comes to, again, the way that you're operating in business. If you are owning your decisions, I find that most people, especially when they you've built an audience that trusts you, right? I find that most people will get on board with your decision and the reasons for which you've changed your mind, right? And so again, I want you to understand this here because I see so many people, again, staying stuck or doing things because of this imaginary obligation that they think they have to somebody, to people, where actually, again, them changing their mind, nobody's getting hurt anyway. The only person that's getting hurt is you for forcing yourself to stay stuck somewhere or stuck in a decision, stuck doing something that you no longer want to do or you no longer feel is the most strategic, smart way to go about things, right? You have to, again, honor yourself here. First and foremost, take the emotions out of it and really look at everything, zoom out, right? Look at it logically and like really choose to make the best decisions, again, like that are going to serve you in the grand scheme of things, right? The decisions that feel the most aligned and what that, again, that most loving version of yourself would do for your business. And if that means you have to refund some people, or if that means you have to, you know, rearrange some things that might happen sometimes. But 
It's like if you get married to somebody who you realize you fucking hate five years in, like, please, God, do not stay because you made the decision, right? Your, the rest of your life, your future is so much more important than the obligation that you think you have, right? Obviously, I know there's nuances to this, but roll with me here, right? You have to make decisions based on what is going to serve you the most, what's going to be best for you. And again, you are allowed to grow and evolve and learn. And so therefore, you're of course also allowed to change your mind because if you didn't change your mind, if you didn't evolve, if you didn't grow, if you didn't shift perspectives on things, like I don't think you'd be listening to this, right? Because you'd be somebody who is not intending to grow, right? I think a lot when a lot of people say like people don't change, I just feel like I'm like, no, like, People who don't want to change don't change, but people like you and I who are committed to growth and are committed to knowledge and are committed to being the best versions of ourselves, of course we change. I am not the person I was five years ago, 10 years ago. Like I am not at all that same person. And so again, of course, therefore decisions and the way that I do things is going to evolve over the years. And so for you as well, and I just want you to embrace that and own that and not make yourself wrong for it as you're attempting to change the way that you do things in your business. So again, so you can move forward so much more quickly and with so much less drama and understand ultimately that you can shift gears, you can change how you're doing things without this dip, right? It doesn't have, you don't have to have a dip in income. You don't have to have a dip in happiness, right? You can kind of really embrace that piece of things. And again, just keep it moving without, like I said, the drama and the static, okay? So I'm gonna stop there. I have four more things I wanna share with you, but I'm gonna do that in a part two, which will come on Thursday in the next episode. I hope this was helpful and I'll talk to you then. Bye.